1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Saints to God. God has opened a door of opportunity for us to have a close, intimate, personal relationship with Him. But unfortunately, although that opportunity is made available to all of us, not many of us have and enjoy the kind of close, intimate relationship with God that He wants to have with us. One of the reasons why is because many of us don't know how to increase our intimacy with him. God's word, which is our instruction manual, tells us that there are things that we can do to increase the intimacy between God and me and you. There are pathways that we can follow that'll get us to the place where we have the kind of close, intimate relationship with God that he wants to have with us. So come on, let's learn about some of those pathways that'll get us there. That is, to a closer, more intimate relationship with God. So, without further ado, Let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because, ready or not, here it comes. Amen. 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 Come on, get two, three, four, four high five around you. Tell them it's time to be blessed in the house of God today. Come on, get two, three, four, four high five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord's about to say. And I'm telling y'all, y'all about to get blessed up in here, up in here, up in here in Jesus' name. Forgot the Bible, which I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 3. And get ready for this poignant word that's about to come to you and me. This teaching is called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Because we have an invitation from God to draw nearer to him. That we might draw closer to him. That we might be the one that he wants us to be so that he can be able to do for and through us the things that he desires of you and me. Matthew chapter 3. Here's the foundational text. We'll start reading this, and then we'll move into today's information, which is going to bless you for real. Amen. Matthew chapter 3. We'll start reading at verse 13. It says, Then come of Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And cometh out of me. Can I put a pause button right here? Anytime you begin to start moving forward to do what God says to do, there's always going to be opposition there against you. There's always going to be something or someone that's going to try to say something different than what God said. But you've got to learn to press through and continue to do what God said do. And Jesus answered him and said, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. He said, "Joyce, say, Boy, do what I said. Then he suffered him and did what he said. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Of course, we know this is an account of Jesus Christ, our elder brother, our Savior. Hallelujah. The one that saved me and you. Praise God. And then also came as an example for me and you. So that we can learn what it is that we need to do to be the sons that he was because we were made joint heirs with him. We too are sons of God because to those who Bible says in John chapter one, verse 12, to them that received him, gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. I got anybody here to believe on his name. Praise God. Well, you are sons of God. You've been given the right privilege and authority to become a son of God. Praise God. You've been given the right to be a son of God. You've been given the authority to become a son of God, and you've been given the magnanimous privilege to be a son of God. But of course, as we see here, Jesus was a particular type of son, which means that we want to be the same type of son that he was, because we found out that the word son means huio, which means uh, son, but at the same time, it don't tell you what kind it is, but we found out you could either be an immediate son or a distant son. You can be a close son or you can be a remote son. Jesus was the beloved son, the dear son. So that meant he was the near son. He was the one that was immediate and close to God. And we want to be the same kind of sons that are immediate and close to God. We want to be the same kind of sons that Jesus was who hear from heaven that our father said, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We want to hear the same thing. Well, Jesus was on his way to do what it is that the father had for him to do. So the father was pleased with him because he was going to do what God planned for him to do to fulfill all righteousness so that he could be able to save me and you. Well, he wants that thing to continue on through you and me. But just like Jesus, you're going to run into opposition things and thoughts that are going to try to tell you to not do what God said do, that there's something else that you ought to do. He ran into it right here with John the Baptist, praise God. But yet Jesus went ahead through and didn't continue to do what God told him to do. After the Father spoke from heaven and told him what it is, that he thought about him, praise God, and let the world know what he thought about him. The spirit led him into the wilderness and in there he got tempted by the devil. Forty days and forty nights he was in there, praise God. And the devil tried to present him every opportunity to not do what God said do. Praise God, but of course we know he resisted the devil steadfastly in the faith. And we know that as you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Because the devil left, one translation says, for a time. Because he's coming back at a later time. Because once you resist the devil... That'll free you up for a moment or two, but get ready, get your, your, get your guns reloaded because he's coming back at you. And he's not going to stop until he gets done what he wants to do. He, he presented Jesus with every type of resistance from the time that Jesus was on the face of the earth on his way to the cross to do what it is that he was sent to do. He gave him every type of resistance so that he would give him every reason not to do what it is he said he'll do. The Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted on all points, yet without sin. He did not miss the mark. excuse me, he did not go in another direction or do anything else other than what the father wanted to do, because he gave testimony of himself said, I don't say anything other than what my father say. And I don't do anything other than what I see my father do. He was totally submitted to his father. and, 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 and so that he could be able to do what his father wanted him to do. But that didn't stop the devil that was continuously coming at him. Just like he's coming at you because you got great things in store for you too. You got great things ahead of you too. And just like Jesus Praise God. Since it happened to him, it's also happening to you. And I know that there's thoughts that are running all through your head to be able to do something other than what God said. I know you got plenty of reasons for why you should do something other than what God presented you to do. But just like Jesus, you got to learn to press through and keep moving forward into what God has in store for you. Because the devil ain't going to stop, praise God, until you finish doing what God said do. Is anybody hear me up in here? When you finish, you're out of here, by the way. Praise God. Amen. We ain't finished. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So as long as you're here, he's going to ride you and try to get you to stop and and, and not do what God said do. But that's why God is inviting you to draw near to him. Praise God. Why? Because the all-consuming fire wants to keep you on fire to do what it is that God said do. The all-consuming fire wants to keep you on fire to do what God said do. Because as you draw close to him, then it'll be able to empower you to be able to do what it is you're supposed to do. Well, Jesus even ran into difficulty from his disciples because even there was a time that Peter himself turned around and told him that you need not go to the cross. But, of course, Jesus recognized who it was that was talking and said, get thee behind me, Satan, Praise God. Because any thought or any premise that tries to get you to do anything else other than what God said to do is of the devil. No matter whose mouth it comes out of, it's the devil. Blessed be the devil of the Lord because the devil does not want you to do what God told you to do. He does not want you to fulfill what God put you on this earth to do. He lost his chance to fulfill what God created him to do. He wants you to lose your chance of doing what God created you to do. He lost his chance to do what God told him to do, got fired from his job. And he wants to make sure that you never take the job of doing what it is that you're supposed to do. So you don't even get a chance to experience as much as he did for the moment or two that he was doing what it is he was supposed to do. But we found out, praise God, that God has invited us to have the mind that's in Christ Jesus. That the same mind that was in Christ Jesus we are invited to have too. Praise God. In fact, he said, Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, which means you have to allow it to happen. Praise God. We read it out of the out of the Bible in basic English. It says, Do all things without protests and arguments. Because there's protests and arguments that arise up around you and even in you when it comes time to do what it is that God said do. There are protests and arguments. There's expressions or declarations of objection, disapproval, and dissent that can rise up on the inside of you. It even rised up on the inside of Jesus. So you know it ain't ain't exempt from happening to you. And that's why Jesus understood that he needed to go uh, empty himself out before the Father in order to be able to do the will of the Father. Last time we got together, praise God, we found out that we need to rid ourselves of all complaints, found within us concerning doing the will of God for our lives in the, in prayer. If you weren't out here, make sure you get that CD or tape. If you were here, make sure you get that CD or tape, because you're going to have an opportunity to do what God's called you to do, and you're going to need that, praise God, later on down the line to remind you what it is you need to do. We found out you need to pour out your heart open to God, cry unto God, give supplication unto God, and pour out, praise God. Just spill it out, sprawl it out, just Don't try to figure out how to put it. Just say what what your problem is. Whatever it is that's trying to stop you from moving forward into what God has in store for you. Just let that complaint be emptied out from you. Show it to God. Expose it to God. Explain it to God. And we found out God will handle that thing because that thing is there to overwhelm you. It's there to shroud you and to be able to make sure you languish when it comes time to do what God said do. But we found out God is your refuge. That God says, come unto me, praise God, and I'll set you free because I will perfect those things that concern of thee. That if there's anything that's in the way of you doing what God has to say, God, will handle that thing. Somebody say, God, handle that thing. Praise God. But he needs you to come before him to do that. That's why he's inviting you to do that. And when we left off last time, we found out, praise God, that, uh, that David did it. Praise God. And God was able to handle that thing for David too, so that David could go ahead and fulfill all that God had in store for him to do. Well, he'll do the same thing from you. Now, Jesus understood the importance of emptying himself of all the troubling thoughts that try to hinder his doing the will of God, too. That's why he left an example in Scripture for me and you of what we need to do so that we can make it through into what God has in store for me and you. Turn over to Matthew chapter 26, please. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus understood this importance of emptying himself of all the troubling thoughts. Did I say all the troubling thoughts? I said all the troubling thoughts. Every single one of them. Praise God. Don't leave not one of them in you. Because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Don't leave one of them in you. That's why Jesus went to Gethsemane to pray. Because Jesus decided he needed to convene a meeting with his father concerning his future assignment. Because we found out that when you go before God in prayer, you convene a meeting with the Lord of glory. Well, God Almighty will invite you in. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come on up in here. That's another way of phrasing it. Come on up in here and draw near because I got some things that I want to say in your ear. Things that are going to set you free to be able to do the things that I have in store for thee. Things that I can deposit in you that will cause you to be able to move forward boldly into the things that I have in store for you. Things that I can rid you of that is trying to make sure that you don't operate according to the God that loves you and has given you the opportunity to do what it is that I've called you to do. Delivered you so that you could be able to do the things that I ordained you to do. Come on, draw clear, draw near to me. Ha. Amen, praise Amen. God. God. God wants us to draw near to him. Jesus understood that. That's why he went to prayer in order to overcome the thoughts that were trying to overwhelm him concerning doing the will of God for his life. Yes, I said Jesus. There were thoughts that were trying to overwhelm him too. So if he did it to the master, the devil did it to the master, what makes you think he ain't gonna try to do it to you? He went to prayer to empty himself of anything and everything that would hinder his doing the will of God in his life. Because it was in prayer that the Lord emptied himself of himself so that he can complete the will of God for his life. But in order to have, therefore, in order to have the type of mind that we've read about and been told about by Paul that needs to be in me and you, Jesus went to Gethsemane to pray for a time to show you what to do. We imagine. Matthew chapter 26. So start reading at verse 36. It reads, So then come of Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. I like that. Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Which means that you can even take some people with you into prayer. But when it comes time to be that conversation between you and God, ain't nobody else going up in there. That's going to be you and him. Because this decision to do what God said to do is between you and him. I say it's between you and him. Married folk in the house say, hey, Hey. the decision to do the will of God for your life is between you and him. When I say him, I'm talking about God. Between you and him. Single folk in the house say, hey, Hey. the decision to do the will of God is between you and and him. You can carry all kind of folk with you into prayer but once you get there up in there you're going up in there for yourself because the same way you're going up in there for yourself is the same way you're going to stand before the throne of grace by yourself and give an explanation for what you did or did not do. So you might as well get used to going up in there by yourself now so that you can get locked in and do what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. So where did he go? He went to Gethsemane to pray. Praise God. That word Gethsemane right there is talking about wine press. It's talking about wine press. The place that he went was a wine press. We're going to get to that later. Praise God. It was a wine press. He went to Gethsemane. He said unto his disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Oh, by the way, when it says pray, it says he went to pray to God. When you pray, that word pray right there translates pray to God. I know some of y'all think like, well, you know, who else would you be praying to? I don't know. You tell me who you pray to. Praise God. Because sometimes we just saying stuff, but we ain't talking to God. Sometimes we running off at the mouth, but we really talking to ourselves. Sometimes we running off into our mouths and talking to everybody else around us. Sometimes we ain't talking to God. Amen. We acting like we talking to God, but we ain't talking to God. Hallelujah. How do I know that? Because you be talking to him like he can't do nothing. That God said, you ain't talking to me. Praise God. Talking to him like with the answer that he's going to give you don't mean nothing. He said, no, you ain't talking to me. You ain't talking to me to what, what I'm about to say going to mean something to you. Does anybody hear me up in here? We move on. So he went up in there and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Now this is Jesus. That word sorrowful means to distress. Jesus was in distress. Imagine that. But then don't forget, he wear flesh just like you. And as long as he's aware of flesh, then he had the ability to be distressed just like me and you. Remember, he took upon this flesh so that he can become me and you. Because himself that, 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 that knew no sin became sin, that we, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And why? Because he took upon flesh so that he could be tempted just like me and you. Which means just like you're tempted to not do the will of God, so was he too. Just like you were tempted to not do the will of God, so was he too. Not only was he sorrowful, which means to just distress, but he was also very heavy. That phrase very heavy means to be in distress of mind. Be in distress of mind. It comes from a word that means to be sated to loathing. To be sated to loathing. The word sated means filled to excess, saturated. Jesus was filled to excess and saturated with distress to the point that it was pouring out of him till he was full of it. To the point that you couldn't get no more distress in him if you wanted to. To the point, listen, to the point that it could have put him in position to be loathing the will of God. Loathing the will of God. The word "loath" means to be unwilling to do something, reluctant, disinclined, or averse. It means to be unwilling to do something, that he was so filled with distress, so filled to excess and saturated with distress that he was in the position to be able to not want to do the will of God. That's why he went to Gethsemane. That's why he went to Gethsemane. Why? Because this right here, Is a problem because he loved his father. He said, I don't want to do nothing other than what I see my father do. He always wanted to please his father. That's the only thing on his mind too. But when something began to start rising up on the inside of him to the point that it began to feel him to not do what God said do, he said, we can, we need to handle this. I'm talking to you because a lot of us still really don't want to do the will of God. And we're distressed at the very thought of it. God, we need to handle that. That's something need to be handled. That ain't nothing that you put off till later. That need to be handled. Yes, and as soon as he knew it was there, because he knew the time was approaching for him to do what God said do, he said, we need to go handle this. That's why he went to pray. Amen. Why? Because it would cause him to be unwilling to do something. Reluctant, disinclined, or adverse. In other words, the distress in Jesus' mind was so distressing that if it was, al- that if, that if it was allowed to remain within him, it could cause him to become unwilling to do what he came to earth to do. Unwilling to do what the, he came to earth to do. Unwilling means opposed, offering resistance, stubborn, or obstinate. That he would be opposed to doing the will of God. Offering resistance to the will of God. That when the Holy Ghost is leading him, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, sir. Pulling away. Trying to go in another direction. Anybody ever know what I'm, anybody know what I'm talking about? Stubborn. That no matter how many times it's said to you, you, look, you not you because y'all don't do this. No matter how many times it's said to somebody, they become stubborn like a goat. They pull away. You know, goats can't be led no place other than where they want to go. Because the moment a goat don't want to go, a goat ain't going. Or obstinate, obstinate. Where well, they become obstinate, you know, or just obstinate. The word unwilling also means this one's a deep definition. You might like this one: not willing. The word unwilling means not willing. That's a deep, that's a deep definition to me. Because just like uncola is a drink that has no cola, unwillingness <laughs> is within a person that has no willingness. <laughs> so you got folk that's supposed to be saints. That act like ants. Folk that's supposed to be willing who are unwilling. Yes, Use an un-cola. <laughs> <laughs> To the point that he became reluctant. To the point that he became, he could, he could become reluctant. The word reluctant means to, to struggle, struggling in opposition. Whereas you're not only opposed to it, you're struggling in Opposition struggling in opposition, whereas he'd be reluctant to complete the work that he was sent to do. Now, close, intimate sons are not supposed to be struggling in opposition to do the will of their father. Right. Parents are now saying, hey. If you had a good child, if you had a, a, a close child, that child would do basically whatever you want him to do wouldn't? and do it easily. Yeah. But if you had one of them little hard-haired kids, <laughs> That no matter what you tell them, you got to struggle with them. You got to almost like fight with them. You got to keep working with them and you got to keep talking to them. You got to keep schmoosing them. You got to keep giving them reasons. Man, that sounds like most saints in the body of Christ. Because they're on their 155th confirmation by now. That they're reluctant to do the will of God. Also, Jesus also began to get to the point that he could have been disinclined to line up with the will of God in his life. The word disinclined means lacking desire or willingness. Well, he would be lacking desire or willingness. You think I'm making this up? Remember when he got up in there and said, Lord, if there's any way this thing can pass with me, let's do this. When he was saying let's do this, he wasn't saying let's do this like go do what you said do. Let's do this like pass this thing on to somebody else and let somebody else do See, the distress that fills our mind concerning doing the will of God for our lives can be so strong that it can dry up the willingness that you should have to do the will of God. Whereas there might have been willingness there one day. But then after a while, it went away. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're learning about the pathways that we can take to have the increased intimacy with God that He wants to have with us. I hope even more that you're learning to take the pathways to the intimate relationship that God wants to have with us. So that our God can get what he wants to have with us. That is, increased intimacy between him and us. If you want to get a message in its entirety, just contact the church office at Eric Code 210-7859238. That's Erico 210-785-9238 or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP, but it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio and surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6:45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after sofa. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed if you do. I guarantee you. Hey, yes, hey. We kicked off our annual Faith of Fire conference yesterday evening at Word of Faith San Antonio and my God my God my God it was powerful it's definitely doing what it is it was designed to do that is firing up the flame of the faith of God within me and you There are three anointed sessions today and Friday at 10am, 12 noon and 6:45 pm Don't miss one of them they'll all flat out bless you And to all the ladies of San Antonio and surrounding areas, Faith of Fire ends on Saturday with an all-you-can-eat women's breakfast fellowship just for you. Starting at 9.30 a.m. sharp, where you ladies will be fed naturally with an awesome breakfast prepared and served by the Brothers of Word of Faith just for you. And then you'll be fed spiritually with an anointed word of God ministered to you just for you. Nursery and VIP transportation service are available for every service. Children's Church will be held at the evening sessions. And by the way, all that at no charge. So clear your calendar so that you don't miss this awesome Word and Worship experience with some other saints from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas who love God and His Word like you. So come on through and bring a couple of saints with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. Both you and your faith will be set on fire at the Faith of Our Conference at Word of Faith San Antonio. If you're not at the conference tomorrow being blessed flat out, then don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.